Welcome everyone to Ian's Untitled Scene Show. My name is Ian and I really want to get right to this. I am extremely excited. I was looking back at my notes. I cannot believe that this gentleman has not been on the show for two years now. It does not feel right to me. So everyone, please at home, put your hands together. It is Alex of First and Forever. Alex, man, how are you doing today? What's going on, dude? Has it, has it really been two years since we've I, done this? I looked back. It was right when you had had, I believe it was Let This Love Lie Dead. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. it, you know, it, it's really too bad because, I mean, you are one of the first fans ever of this band. That's so right. You hold a very special place in my heart. So <laughs> I, uh, I I regret to know that it's been two years since we've done this. I honestly but it couldn't also, believe it. also, it speaks to the longevity of this, right? Like the fact that we're still doing this, like... For sure. Five years later and like two years later since the last one. That's kind of shocking, right? And not only that, man, I have to congratulate you. I did this online because I couldn't help myself. I don't normally pay attention to this stuff. But seeing your Spotify numbers is absolutely incredible and insane at the same time. That doesn't feel real, does it? No. Like when we were blasting Chicago on Twitter to now we have like over 800,000 monthly listeners. Right. I guess people like my band, which is shocking to me still today. But, you know, hey, here we are. Not only that, not only do they like your band, they absolutely fucking love your band. Uh, I still will never believe you when you say (laughs) that, but I will take the compliment. Well, not only have I seen it online, right? We see the numbers and everything. But I, I was very, very happy because I finally got to see you live in March when you came here to Austin. So. I got to see how people react to you. Even when you say you're having a bad night, it doesn't seem like you're having a bad night. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, it's it's pretty wild. Obviously, we, we can talk about how funny that show in Austin was, but before we get there, oh yeah, you know, I think for our band, the big change has really been actually being able to play live. Right. Um, you know, when, when we started, we started in the middle of COVID, like literally like, the moment COVID started was when we re- we let we released Let This Love Lie Dead and everything kind of started to take off. And the amount of feedback we've gotten since we've been able to go on tour has mm-hmm. been phenomenal. And for us, I think we figured out like, hey, we're we're like a real live fucking band. Like oh, people yeah. love to see the show. And I think the biggest compliment we get is, you know, almost every show, you know, because we're we're still in the in the stage of being a support act, being an opener. Every night we have, you know, 10 to 20 people come up to us and say the exact same thing, which is, I have no fucking clue who you guys are, (laughs) but you guys are so sick. And that is such a compliment because that's how we do this, right? It's like to go out and like meet new fans. And, uh, you know, the fact that we're getting that response live uh, really means the world to me. Oh, yeah. And I could tell. And what I think is very funny, too, I have to comment on this because I'm not sure if anyone has or not, but you are a front man. You've got that lead singer thing going. I saw I saw the abs for myself in person. You've got <sighs> the, the shirt halfway open and everything. You're rocking out. I can tell you you have that persona and it's so good that you still have that positivity about everything. Uh, so I, I really appreciate that myself. Well, we, we feel very blessed. And, and look, you know, when you come to a first and forever show, you're coming to a fucking show. Yes. Like we're putting on a show for you. Like this is not like, hey, if you want to listen to our music and make it and it's going to sound beautiful, go listen to the record. Right. If right. you want to see a show, like you come see it live because it's a whole different beast. And I think for me, when you talk about kind of that frontman persona, 
I think it's really twofold. I think it's one, um, I just, in some ways, I feel incredibly vulnerable up there. Sure. So putting on a show like that is a little bit of a shield and makes me feel better about it. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like if I'm much more in the moment if I'm really going for it on stage. And I think number two is just, Man, when I was growing up and I would go go to a show and I would see the front man just kind of stand there and sing the oh, song, yeah. I'd be super disappointed. Right. It's tough. I'm I'm sure you've seen this before. There are plenty. Of, I mean, now, don't get me wrong. There are lots of bands that are able to pull off the front man with a guitar, right? It does yes, happen. Very but, different. But very it, different. yeah, it's so different. And like I said, like a band like Bayside does it amazingly well. But there are so many bands that if you have a front man who's also be playing the front guitar. Man. Yeah, be the front man. But yeah, if you're playing guitar, a lot of times it doesn't allow you to do that. So it is a disconnect sometimes from the audience. And that is something that you guys certainly do not suffer from. Yeah, look, man, I I appreciate the the, the compliment, but I'll I'll say this. Like, I think the show would sound a lot better if I I didn't act like a front man. But you know what? (laughs) Who wants that? Who wants to hear me sing well on stage? You know, no one. Well, I will tell you, this is one of the reasons why I also love you, because I bring that up on the show a lot. I, I've noticed it because, as you know, you saw me live. I go to shows. Yep. I, I really I enjoy. I yeah, I really still enjoy doing it. But I can't tell you. I think I'm up to a percentage of around. It's got to be way over halfway now. Ha- way over halfway. Way over 50% now. Where a band is playing backing tracks of not only their vocals, but also the instruments as well. Yeah. And I completely understand if you if you have three guitarists but one can't tour and you've got that extra little track, totally get it. But I have le- legitimately seen here in Austin a band that is very, very popular playing with so many backing tracks that their guitarist tried to swing his guitar around in like a windmill. And the guitar, oh, yeah, the guitar snapped off and you did not even hear feedback or anything happen when his guitar hit the ground. The music just kept on going. Well, I can luckily say that we don't do that. Right. But I, you know, I, I, I will say, yeah, I will, will say guilty on the backtracks. That's certainly backtracks. That certainly helps us because we're a three piece. Yes, like, yes, for sure. Marcus is up there and he's playing. Dude, we were in Richmond, mm-hmm. uh, playing a, a show, and we're in sick little games. Like first song of the set, and there's this fucking ripper guitar solo in yeah. the middle of it. And his cable just like stops working. And so he's just up on stage and he's just going, eh, 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 eh. and people like thought that was the guitar solo. And I'm just like looking at him like, that's not right. Like right. what is going on? So you get the, uh, with first and forever, you get both the best and the worst of the fact that we're yes. a live band. Like if things are going really well and we're hitting, like it's fucking awesome. But like, you're going to get the mistakes, bro. Yes. Like you're going to, you're going to hear them. So you're going to know that we're doing it and we, we take pride in that. Yeah. And I'm I'm totally with that. That's why I go to see a show is to see who can pull off live music. And I'm not expecting anyone to be perfect. I want something different than what I listen to all the time. If you can hit like even My Chemical Romance doesn't hit every single mark on everything they do. No band is perfect. And I think that's honestly the way that it's supposed to be in a live setting. I agree, man. You and I are on the same page. We got, we got, I think we got to talk a little bit about that Austin show, though. What we do you do. think? Yes, I think, I think we can start it. So I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best way to go. So it was Magnolia Park, right, were the headlines. Yes, yes sir. Yeah. So how long, I want to say, how long were you on that tour before you showed up in Austin? And how long was it total? Okay. So I think by the time we showed up in Austin, we were 
Oh, this would have been like week four of four weeks. Oh, okay. So it was coming to the end. Okay. This is coming to the end. Mm -hmm. And I, to give you some backstory on this, the entire tour package got sick. Right. Like multiple times. So by the time <laughs> you saw me, I was on sickness too. Oof. That was the, the second sickness that I had had. And I'll, wow. I'll let you comment on like your view of it, because I think that you saw me, uh, we talked a little bit and you obviously oh, yeah. saw my little presentation on stage. Yes. So I could not believe like when you, when you went for it, you went for it. I could tell yeah. you were using all the breath that you had. <laughs> <laughs> to pull off Dude. what you were doing. But I loved it so much. And you, when you came out, I believe you guys did, I think you might have said you were sick first. You did a song and then you talked about being sick. And I was like, yeah, wow. So, yeah, go ahead. What, what happened was that, and that's a, so I have two stories for you. So one is at that show. So this is like, I am on my second week long sickness, like, and I am outside warming up. I can't hit a single note. Like it's oh. not like my voice just isn't working. So like, it's just not happening. Like, and I, that's never happened to me before. So I've never been more scared to go on stage than I was for that Austin show. Cause I was wow. like, this is not going to happen. Like, <laughs> this is just, it's shot. I'm sick. I've been doing this for four weeks. Like I don't have it. And so I'm super nervous. Cause it's a big room. There's a lot of people there. Yeah, yeah. And so we go, I was like, all right guys, like I'm going to do my best. And we go up there. And after the first song, I basically say like, Hey, like, hey crowd, you know, uh, thank you guys so much for coming. I'm going to do my best. I can barely sing. And you, it's funny because at, on the second, I think it's the third song we do, the guys in Mag Park actually surprised me on stage yes. to help me sing, to help me sing because, and I had no idea they were going to do that. No <laughs> clue. And so they just show up on stage to help me sing it. And it was like, I can only describe it as it was like this one of the sweetest moments of my whole life. Yeah, that was like, very cool. I was legit about to cry because like they came out of nowhere, helped me sing the song. And it just like them doing that for whatever reason, just like filled me with energy and joy and serotonin and everything. And suddenly my voice came back. Right. And it was because like the crowd was rocking with us. Like they were, everyone was there. People were going nuts. And oh, then yeah. the Mag Park boys came up and they were they just saved the day, man. And and like, then the rest of the show was like, honestly, that's one of the most memorable shows that I've, uh, I've ever played. I was definitely going to bring that up. I, sorry. I think I, I heard a weird screech or something. Sorry. That was audio. If anyone who was no listening problem. hears that, don't, don't worry about it. See if I can take it out or not. But I, I was very surprised about that, but I thought that was great, uh, that they did that. But also I was kind of blown away because you had played a song, you had talked about being sick and then you're like, oh yeah. So here's one of my favorite songs and also one of the hardest songs to sing live here's I'm not okay. I promise by my chemical romance. Bro, it's the only way we know how to do it. That's, <laughs> like, I, I know no other way than a thousand percent on stage. I don't know any other way to do it. I legitimately laughed out loud at the show yeah. because I've done that song live before. It is a fucking hard song to sing. You need so much breath and you're trying to hit those notes and everybody knows the song. So sometimes you think, oh yeah, I can get away with this because people will sing it or whatnot. But when you're belting that out, you're there alone. So it was very cool to have the guys come out and help along with that. <laughs> well, it's funny too, because like, I wish you could talk to our guitarist, Marcus. He writes the most beautiful songs. He's oh, yeah. the best writer in the scene. But every song we write is like, another version of I'm not okay in terms of its difficulty to sing. Oh. Our songs are impossible to sing live. Like they are, <laughs> every song is a thousand miles an hour. Yep. It is, 
the highest of range that I can get at any point. And so I am just dying up there every single show. So please talk to him and tell him to change his ways. That is that is awesome. Well, look, I couldn't have it any other way, but I do have to ask. I mean, we'll we'll get to more stories. But obviously, I think on this on this tour, especially, it seems like you really learned a lot more about your vocals. You know, serious, you know, serious interview question. Are you doing anything exercise-wise for this next tour that we're going to be talking about in a little bit? Have you learned anything about your vocals that you now are training or you know what to do before a show to make it better for yourself? Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, on this tour, especially like I'm just starting it right now. I wish I would have started earlier, but I'm on a very strict regimen. I'm at least singing an hour a day, doing vocal warm-ups all of the time. And we're making some decisions on this next tour um, to make it a little bit easier on us. So for instance, we're doing things like we're down tuning some of the songs so that I, I'm not dying and trying to hit these crazy notes Good every idea. night. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, the tour schedule that we have coming up is, you know, it's five shows in a row, one day in a, one day off, then six shows in a row, oh. which I've never done before. Gotcha. Um, and so it's going to be a real learning opportunity. And so for me, it's just going to my vocal coach, uh, really training myself, trying to work up to it. And by the time we get started, you know, uh, end of September, I, I should be at a spot where I can, you know, hopefully sustain as much as possible. But let's be honest, I'm going to go on stage and lose my voice every night because I'm going to give it my fucking all every night. Yes. And we will certainly get to more about that tour coming up as well. So I got to add, so I very much enjoyed the show. It was obviously, I knew you were sick, but I really, I don't know, knowing you for as long as I have, seeing, you know, you know, videos of what you guys have done live and talking to you. I know that no matter what, you are always going to give it your all for sure. And so many of the stuff that you did turned out really, really well. Like, I think people could tell you were sick for sure. I don't think it's, I don't think it's always possible to overcome that, Yeah, but it didn't, it didn't hinder your performance at all. Well, I, I appreciate that. I mean, look, when I go on stage every night, doesn't matter if I'm sick or what it is. I'm going to give a thousand percent. And I get off the stage every night. I am drenched in sweat. I can barely breathe. Uh, (laughs) And my body hurts so much every night. And you know what? The beauty of it is when I go back to my bed every night, which is either, you know, on the bus or in a, in a, in a hotel room, like I fall asleep like a baby. I don't sleep better anywhere than on tour. I am. I just pass out every night. So, you know, we, we do our best. I, you know, if, I actually have a funny story about for you about uh, the next show, which was in Dallas, if you have a second. No, you know what? We kind of got to cut it there. No, no. <laughs> Go ahead, buddy. So uh, you'll love this. So the next show after the Austin show was the Dallas show. And I have not told you this story before. Right. So I was uh, obviously still sick. The next show was in Dallas the next day. We're super stoked. We're playing at Trees. Never played there before. We're sure. coming right to the end of tour. And it's the second to last show. And so I was so sick that day in Austin that that next day, I uh, I basically slept until call it 2, 3 p.m. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm still sick. And I have this routine. Part of my routine is every day I drink a full gallon of water. Okay. Sure. It's like I drink a full gallon of water, make sure I'm hydrated, feel good. So I wake up way later than I usually wake up by call it five or six hours. And so in my head, I'm like, holy shit, I got to finish this gallon of water. So I start chugging this gallon of water. And I, from like 4 p.m. to 5 p.m., and mind you, we go on at like 6. Right. I chug a full gallon of water. So then I 
I, I finished that. I'm like, okay, you know, things are going okay. And I go back into the van. I'm like, oh, like I'm not feeling that great. And David, our drummer is like, oh, here, have this gallon of water. So I drink another, call it three fourths of a gallon of water. So I have now downed a gallon and call it three fourths in about an hour and a half, two hours. Right. I'm standing at the merch booth 30 minutes before the show. I can't stand. I have lost all coordination. <laughs> I like am about to pass out. I don't know what's going on. And I like, we're like 15 minutes before the show. I'm like, I can't go on stage. I don't know what's going on. I think I need to go to the hospital. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Holy shit. They push the show back 15 minutes. I'm out in the van, like laying down. I literally can't stand up. I, I, I think I have vertigo or I don't know what it is. Like I literally can't stand up. And they're like, okay, what if like we just bring you out on stage and we'll just sit you down and you you can do it. So I go on stage. They put me in like a throne <laughs> and I tell the crowd, like, I'm so sorry. I can't stand. I, I don't know what's going on. I vertigo, but we're going to do our best to sing the show, do this show. We go on, we play like five songs. I'm sit seated. I don't know what's going on. I can barely stand. And, you know, the guys come out and sing. So to make a very long story short, what it ended up happening was I had basically drowned my body with water. Right. I, I didn't know this, but you can overhydrate. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's water poisoning. I, yes. Yeah. I had water poisoning. Right. And I could – it was the, the scariest thing. Like we were about to go to the hospital. We didn't know what was going on. Yeah, people Turns died out from that. I had – oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Turns out I had just drank too much water. I got made fun of for the next like week, like by every member of the whole tour because they were so worried about me. And turns out I just drank too much water. Right. It was the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. Like I, I couldn't believe it. So that was my show in Dallas was I had water poisoning, which is the most ridiculous thing I think I could say. That is super impressive. I will look. I don't know if you ever heard this before. It was a relatively famous story. I want to say, you remember when uh, the Nintendo Wii was popular? Yes, of course. Yeah, when people could not get that console, there was a shock jock radio station. They did a contest called Wii for Wii. And what they had was they had like four or five people come in and you had Dude, to Dude, I drink. know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. yes. You had yes. to drink a certain amount of water. And that's when I learned, yeah, the, the person who won, won and then ended up dying like that yes. day or the next day for drinking too much water from water poisoning. And that's when I learned you can have actually too much water. That was me, bro. I, that was me. You should have seen me in the back of the van. Wow. I'm like, uh, it was so embarrassing. Like <laughs> I, 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 and then when they found out, cause people were worried, man. Like, oh yeah, were, for like, sure. I really couldn't stand like, I, and the funniest part was like during the show, I'm like sitting on the throne and I'm like, I'm singing pretty well and I'm kind of feeling myself now. And then I try to stand up and I like fell over on stage. Wow. Like I, my legs gave up like a baby deer. It was so bad. See, I imagine. So bad. I don't know why. Look, we probably shouldn't laugh about this, but I can't help it. And I'm sure you've laughed about it too. But oh, it's the funniest thing. It's the funniest thing. Bro. It reminds me of the silver chair music video for uh, Anna's song. You ever see that yep. one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. in the wheelchair and he tries to get up when he's like really trying to sing and yep. then he has to fall back down. That's me. That was me. It was the oh. it was the funniest and worst and best thing we've ever done. It was very memorable. We sold a lot of merch that night. People were really feeling for me. I think it was charity more than anything. Well, that's hey, you got to get those merch sales somehow. That's right. That's right. Well, and by the way, to to kind of piggyback off that, I remember texting you 
I want to say it was for the headliner, a plot new show here in Austin, that I was seeing people with First and Forever merchandise on. Isn't that nuts? I think it's awesome. It's just, I, 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 yeah, man, I, I would have never thought when we started this band five years ago that this would be where we're at today. I mean, I've told you this story. Our, 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 we met on Craigslist and our goal was to have 1,000 streams all time uh, on our song Chicago. Right. And I just checked the stats on something yesterday. Just year to date, since January 1st, we have uh, 20 million streams. Just just for the last like eight months. Yeah, crazy, right? Well, that's insane because I remember talking to you about this the last time you were on the show. And I think I congratulated you on over a million streams. So think I, about I, exponentially how crazy that is. Uh, you know what? We are very blessed and, and I got to give it to my band. I've got the best band members ever. I, I think we got the best songwriter in the scene and, and our guitarist Marcus yeah. and our drummer David is just a stud. So like, you know, I got to give them props, but you know, the fact that we're even here and doing this and that people care, uh, I'll never take that for granted and it will forever be the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life is this band. So I, I feel very blessed. Oh, that's awesome, man. No, I, I love the positivity. I love that you're still humble even though you're knocking out of the park. I mean, realistically, probably by the end of this year, you're going to be over a million listeners on Spotify for sure. Well, we hope so. I, uh, <laughs> we, we've got some cool things coming. Uh, cool. I guess I can break this right here. Awesome. We have a, uh, a song with Magnolia Park coming out in the next few months. Very cool. Uh, and it is a fucking ripper. We are bringing Screamo back, bro. Yes. It is so I, sick. I, I needed to talk to you about that because I, yes. I saw the message on Instagram and I was like, wait a second. I got to check on what type of Screamo this is, though, for sure. So is it in the style of a Magnolia Park or is it still a first and forever like Hawthorne Heights type Screamo thing. This is a first and forever Screamo song. This wow. is like, okay. All right. this is, this is, you know, in love and death, mall emo, the used Screamo song. Love like it, it is, okay. it's going to be great. You're going to love it. Like, and it just hits you immediately. Like it's like the first note is, and you're just like, Oh, we're here. We're in this. And so we're super stoked on that song. Um, you know, the guys from Magnolia Park came in and just added just an excellent verse on it. And then Josh was just, a, his vocals were amazing. And we're just finishing up the mix on that right now. So we're super stoked on that. And then we, uh, we have a pretty, we have a fun cover song coming out soon. We've never done a cover. Right. Uh, and so we're just for fun. We're like, let's just do a cover. We're doing one of my favorite songs. So we've got some fun stuff and then we're going to be back in the studio, um, you know, doing another EP sometime soon. But you know, just trying to keep our eyes on the prize, right? No, absolutely. No, I like, that's your, I believe it's not only your first cover, that's also your first feature as well. That's right. So that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. We, um, we, okay. Can I say something about the scene that is like, this is going to probably be me talking shit a little bit. Sure. Okay. Love it. So I have noticed this little trend that's gone on and especially in our scene, mm -hmm. especially in our scene where it just feels like everyone's like doing features just to kind of like game the Spotify algorithm. Sure. And like, look, more power to them. I love it. Like do your thing. I will never bash anyone for like making their business better and, you know, make a song better. But like we have really held close and dear to our heart, like our music and our songs. Mm -hmm. And 
we were not just going to add a feature just to add a feature. Like we wanted, if we were going to do a feature and when we want to do it, because we've been approached before and we've had opportunities, we wanted it to be like a co-write. We're doing this together. This is a song we're doing together. And it had to be right. Like we weren't just going to do it to do it. Um, and this is the only feature that I've ever done. So I've, uh, or excuse me, like I've never even done a feature. Right. Like people have asked me if I want to like sing on a song. And to be honest, I say no a hundred percent of the time. I'm just, I'm just not interested. And I think part of it's a little bit like for us, is, and this is going to sound so pretentious, but just, you know, a little bit of just like artistic integrity. We want to keep it in the band. And I think the other part is we want it to be right. We want it to feel right. We want to do it for the right reasons. And we want to do it because the song deserves it. Yes. And uh, it's going to be better as a result. And at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I, I think go either way with it, but um, we, we've held true to that. Well, just a, a couple quick things, because I love that. I actually just had uh, Caskets, Matt, Matt Flood from Caskets yeah. was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on that show, he said pretty much the exact same thing. It has to be someone that they know. It has to be someone that they're working with. They don't want to do a feature where they're just trying to rig that algorithm. Well, exactly. Yeah, I love that. That's I'm totally I have no with interest in paying a stranger like a thousand bucks so that their voice can be on the song. And right. like at that point, you're just like, and look, more power to people. It has worked. It is, you know, great. But for us, that's not what we want to do. It had to be a buddy. Obviously, we we're just on tour with Magnolia Park. We wanted it to be uh, organic and, and feel right. So right. me and Matt are on the same page. Well, I do have I do have a separate thing. We'll talk off air about it because I don't want to give his name here. But I do have somebody that wants to collaborate with you who I think it would be a good meshing. Okay. Because it, it would be an actual uh, organic type thing. It wouldn't be like, oh, it would be both of you writing together to do a Great. song. I was directly asked about it. So I will talk to you about that off air. All right. All right. I'm open. Okay. So I'm excited. I'm excited not only for the feature, but also the cover. And then obviously you said you're working on a new EP. So I got a question on the new EP part. So yep. obviously, If We Go Down came out in June of this year. Yep. You are now three for three from 2021 to 2023. Now on 2024, is that kind of the the work you're going to do is at least releasing an EP a year? It seems like that's the trend. Oh, man, that's a great question. Uh, I wish I knew. You know, I think ours, our releases usually have about a year and a half to two year cycle from when it's written to when it's actually released. Okay. Um, and I gotta be honest for the first time in a while, we have a pretty blank slate. Um, we've, we took it, we've been taking a little bit of a break. We just got back into it. So I would expect something in the back half of 2020, uh, 2024 or 2025 at okay. the, uh, very latest. But you don't seem to be people that like to completely go away. I mean, you talked about a feature, you talked about a cover. I'm sure there'll be singles in the mix oh, I yeah. think yeah oh absolutely you you'll have singles along the along the way the whole time we are a band that just loves doing this yeah and that's really we just loved it this is my my favorite thing in the world is to go into the studio with Marcus and David and record a song and do it with them and we're just going to you know you know what I say Ian is mm -hmm. I say we're just going to keep doing this until people stop inviting us <laughs> and at this point we keep getting the invitation so we're going to keep doing it so no we're we're, we're we don't have no need to take a break 
you know, life might get in the way eventually. Sure. I've got a puppy coming on the way. Oh, very you know, cool. I got to train him, really focus my attention. But, you know, <laughs> jokes aside, you know, this is my favorite thing in the world to do. And we're just going to keep doing it until uh, they stop inviting us. Yeah, no, that's that's a good way to look at things. Now, we're going to talk about that puppy in a conjunction of something I'm going to talk about right now. So okay. correct me if I'm wrong. I, I am obviously not very social media savvy. I stay away from it most of the time. I've actually been focusing a lot more attention on positive stuff on Facebook, really talking just yeah. about bands that I love and upcoming releases and things like that. So I kind of stay away a lot of times from Twitter, Instagram, some, you know, I share pictures, live pictures, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But correct me if I'm wrong, but I've also kind of noticed a lot of differences in your social media presence as well. Yeah, I kind of want to get into that a little bit. I wonder, you know, once you start getting the dog, are there going to, you know, be emo dog posts and like stuff like that? But but in general, it does seem like you guys have taken a step back. Not not that you're not sharing things, but it's a lot different in the way you're presenting the band. And I think the way you interact with people, maybe that has something to do with seeing people live more than you were before. Yeah. What would you or how would you explain that renaissance of change for you? Yeah, you know, I think it's a pretty easy discussion. And I think, look, you know, especially when we started, you know, we were that little band that was just trying to get a little bit of attention, you know? Sure. We were, and every band goes through this, like you you start and no one knows you. And so, you know, back in the day, and especially me who handled social media, like I was trying to be the guy that, you know, got attention and um, you know, had people look my way, I would say crazy things in posts and post all the time and just try to keep getting that attention towards me. And, you know, I think what it came down to for us is partially, I, I think I just grew up a little bit. Okay. Um, that was no longer what I wanted with my life. I didn't have the need to be the social media darling or the star or the one that got the attention. And I think I found that the things that really brought me happiness were, the things and the people that I surrounded with in my real life. Sure. And, you know, I, I think I, we had a situation where I realized that the online life wasn't real and it, they, people online aren't your friends right. usually, even though you might think that they are. And that hit me and hurt me a lot. And once that happened, um, I think I just changed my tune on it. It was what I cared about more was the music that we were putting out and hoping people liked it and less about the promotion. And I know that's super backwards. You know, everything now is go on TikTok, promote your music and, you know, make crazy videos and, you know, interact with your fans. But I think for us, I really wanted the focus to be on our music and the attention and less on me. And um, yeah, man, I, I think the renaissance that you speak of was just realizing that TikTok is not real life. Right. And Instagram comments aren't real life. And most of the time, the interactions you're having are not um, genuine. Right. And um, realizing that the live show and meeting people live, like hanging out with you at a show, like that's what I enjoyed infinitely more than a like or a comment on uh, a TikTok or Instagram, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And I love that explanation, too. And that's that's kind of the way I figured it was. But I think it is healthy, especially people listening to hear someone like yourself say something like that because it does feel so much better to not think of social media as real life. And for some people, it really is. It it envelops all of them. But I have so much more fun 
going out to shows and meeting people and going out and just really living life than I ever, like, I love talking to you. You are a real person. That's why I love doing this. But I hate that marketing part. I hate having to, I would never pretend to be someone I'm not on social media because I would hope people would like me. And I never got that feeling that you were doing that. You were an amplified version of your personality. You know what That's I mean? That's exactly what it was. Right. You, you got it 100% right. I, it was an exaggerated version of myself. And I just realized, man, I was like, I was so, I noticed how unhappy I was just making these videos and making these posts. Like, it just wasn't fun for me anymore. Like, it just wasn't what I wanted. And um, yeah, I, I think I think what also really spurned it was watching the evolution of TikTok oh. and watching how people on TikTok specifically would like change their look and vibe and like literally change themselves to get more TikTok vibes. And I kind of thought it was like, wait, am I doing that? Like, is that what I want? Is that how I want to represent myself? And right. the answer was no. Yeah. Plain and simple. I, I I wanted to be someone and I wanted to be in a band that what we cared about was the music and, um, you know, having our friends be happy and, you know, would you know, would a would a big label probably care about us more if you know I was posting a TikTok every day? Absolutely. Sure. But guess what? I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> I just like playing shows and I like putting out music and and that's where my values lie. That is that is great, man. No, I I love that. And by the way, you brought up another topic. It might be a quick question, but I didn't quite notice it or or I'm not sure if it didn't work out. But are you still with Adventure Cat? No, we okay. we we, uh, we didn't execute our third record option. Uh, not for any reason. Uh, basically, you know, they were very very helpful to us, oh, good. and they're still very close to it. I'm st- I was just on the phone with the head of the label of theirs yesterday. Um, we're still very close to them. For us, we had just—I don't want to say outgrown it, but it was just—they were very helpful starting us because yes. you got to understand when we started this band, I had never been in a band before. I had never recorded music. I'd never played a show. This is the only band I've ever been in. We had no contacts in the music industry. We didn't know how this thing worked. And so they were really our mentors and our shepherds into the band world. And, you know, once we got some experience under feet, under our feet and got our feet wet and started to understand how this works, um, we just didn't, the, the, the same value wasn't, was no longer there that it was at the beginning. So, and you know, we were ready to be an independent band again. Um, you know, we have booking agents, um, we know how to get our music on Spotify. Like we can kind of do all those things ourselves without obviously having to pay some sort of split for it. Yes. No, no, that, that totally makes sense. And I, I've told this story, I think the first time you were on the show, and I'm sure I've talked about it on the many years of, you know, just the random music podcasts and stuff. But I remember when you had emailed me and we started talking and I heard Chicago for the first time, I still somewhat kick myself that I didn't quit my job and become your manager. Oh, dude. that would have been the moment man we would have taken anyone exactly it's like hey i know people i have contacts i i've been doing this for a long like ah, a long time i i just i could not believe i've never had that feeling with any other band that had reached out to me besides you guys so i just i think about that sometimes so i wonder are you now you can do everything independently you can live your life and and do well obviously you're doing very well but if a more major label would reach out, would that still be something? I mean, obviously you'd probably hear them out, but is it something you ever think you would want to do maybe to help you get more of the headlining kind of shows that you're looking yeah. for? Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring that up. 
Um, we, we were, how do I put this? I'm trying to think about how, how to put this correctly. <laughs> For a long time, and this happens with every band, every band that has ever existed, when they start, their sole focus is on how do we get on a label. Yes. And when you start to realize what a label is, which is, you know, in most cases, just a glorified loan. Yeah, they're a facilitator. Um, yeah. Yes. When you start, that's your only focus. And as we've been doing this, we've realized that for us, it, it just was no longer the priority. Now, we would hear anything that would come up and, you know, come out. We, we actually had a very major label reach out to us uh, 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 around the time Let This Love Lie Dead came out. And, you know, we thought we were going to be fucking rock stars. We thought oh, we were yeah. going to be the next fallout boy. Sure. And then, you know, when we were given a contract, we were just like, this isn't it. Like, uh, what? Like, this isn't worth it to us. Like, you know, we would rather just do this by ourselves than sign our, our lives away and do it. You know, we were very fortunate to be in a position where we could say no to something like that. But, you know, for us, man, um, at the end of the day, like, we love this band. We, we have great jobs. We'll hear anything out. But really, our focus is on the music and doing really well. Now, if someone were to come with an offer, a sweetheart deal, um, and was, you know, willing to put us on the forefront, put us on some bigger tours. Yeah. Of course we would listen. Of course we would consider it, but that's not our priority. That is so low on the priority list that it's, it's not even something we think about. But to your point, you know, when we started this band, that's all we could think about. And I think every band kind of goes through that, that evolution. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And there, there are obviously bands that make you know, they get that that sweetheart contract that you mentioned. So sometimes it really does work out for a band, but there are a lot of oh, times. Oh, it does. Yeah, but there are a lot of times, there, though, where it does not. There are, I can tell you, I'll put it this way. For every band on a fucking label that is crushing right now, there are a thousand bands who got signed who did nothing. Right. Like, that's just, and that's the one thing, if I could impart any wisdom on, you know, a people who want to be in a band and want to make it in the music industry, it would be that just because you're signing to a label does not mean your music's going to be successful. It does not mean you're going to get big tours. It doesn't mean anything like that. At the end of the day, you need to focus on yourself and your music uh, and putting out the best possible product that you can, because at the end of the day, it's the music that wins. Yes. And that's, that's our belief. Nope. Absolutely true. Now, what I would want for you guys, and I would think it would line up pretty well, I would want you guys to be on next year's Sad Summerfest. Bro, I would too. I think once you get something like that, that has that type of attention, the next step is headlining tours. I, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I, don't think my, I don't think my mom and my family would be too pumped about uh, me being on the road 24-7. Right, but, right. You know, it'd be, I think it'd be a good idea. But I would say, I mean, I, I like that about you as well. You have a quote unquote real life. You have a job. You have your family. You're happy where you are because you're still in Arizona, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And you're still enjoying it, correct? It's my favorite place on earth. I have a brand new house here. Awesome. Uh, I just put in a, a new backyard. I moved my parents from uh, Minnesota to here. So I've got my whole life here. I'm never leaving. I love it. That's very cool. So you got your parents there. You're getting a new dog. That's awesome. Oh, the new puppy. We're getting we're getting a golden doodle, me and my girlfriend. There you go. His name's his name's Michi. We're 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 so excited. Very cool. So yeah, I mean that that makes sense. What I like about what you guys are doing, and I know I've said that a lot during this episode, but I do like a lot of stuff you guys I think you guys are doing the perfect band thing from 
uh, the tours that you're taking to uh, the social media aspect to growing your fan base organically. I think all of that. And then also the way you're releasing music is also working really well for you, too. So you have that kind of stuff wrapped up. And I think that really goes into as well the new tour that we that we talked a little bit about that we hinted about. Yeah. So that tour starts at the end of September and goes almost to Halloween, and it's called Halloween Havoc. I really like the, uh, did a great job, whoever did the artwork for the wrestling uh, aspect. Bro, how, how, ripped, how ripped do I look in that photo? That's real life, bro. That's really what I look like. Well, I saw you in real life. You, you hugged me like five or six times, and I felt the abs. <laughs> I felt the strength there, so I know it's there. It's, it's all a facade, bro. I, just, I wear fake abs every day. Then you worked out really well with your makeup. Thank you. I appreciate you. But by the way, I always think it's funny when people see me in real life. I'm not someone to fuck with, am I? I was very confused when you came up to me for the first time. (laughs) I was incredibly confused on what was going on because we had talked so many times, but I'd actually never even seen a picture of you. Right. I don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. I've, I mean, I feel like what I look like is like the general, like if I were to generalize the scene of males that go to first and forever concerts and emo concerts, I think they genuinely like kind of follow my stature and like skinny, weird emo kids, you know, that's who we all are. That's who we all are. And that's why I'm doing this is because I was the weird, skinny emo kid in high school. So that's why I'm doing this now. And so then I just get this like, you know, hulking figure come up to me. And I was so confused. I was just like, I, I just like I had heard your voice. I, it just didn't never it did not connect until you like had said who you were. And then it took me a couple of times to be like, holy shit, that's like Ian, that is not how I pictured you. Cause I no. kind of pictured you as myself, you know? Right. No, and that and that would be great. But no, I have the I'm six five. Bro, you are you are every bit of six five. Yeah. You are every bit of it. Your reaction to that was very similar to when I met Telly from The Word Alive. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he just like looked up to me and he was like you are not what I expected. No, bro. No, <laughs> I was so confused. I've never been more confused in my whole life. And I was like sick. And yeah. I was just like, am I about to get beat up? Delirious. Like, why yeah. is this man approaching me? Why is he here? Is he here to hurt me? And so, yeah, it was a, it was a welcome surprise. Oh, no, I appreciate that. I just love, I love that reaction because it almost happens with every single person that I've talked to, because apparently the same way that you're talking about people in the scene, right? It's the same as the scene in podcasting. When you look at the people, like people that show their pictures or they have the live shows where they're, where they're talking, which by the way, I still don't understand. We're, we're doing radio. Why do you need to see yes. me be, behind a mic? Like I know some people, it works out for them or something for some reason. I just don't get it. But when you look at that group of people, you expect them to be a certain way. And yeah. I apparently am not what that is no i get it bro and by the way i'm so glad we're not on camera right now i'm literally shirtless uh (laughs) and drinking a glass of scotch so this really worked out for me yeah i love that that scene right there if i've I've heard now by the way what type of scotch because i'm i'm big into whiskey scotch bourbon that kind of uh it's a mccallan 15 wow look at you living the life well done, man. Yeah, well, we, we're kind of celebrating something. Oh, so, uh, but I can't. I can't I say okay. what. I got you. My girlfriend's gonna listen to this, and I can't. She can't know what we're celebrating. Understood. Okay, interesting. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll talk later. All right, we'll talk later. For we'll sure. t- after this, I'll tell you. Yeah. Okay. 
I love when I tease fans of the show, people listening, because I have done that so often where it's like, oh, I'll get the inside scoop and then you'll never hear about it. So don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, no, and it's better that way. It's it, it really that way. is. Well, back, back really quick, back to Halloween Havoc. You guys are going out with The Dangerous Summer and Amorosa. So Yes, sir. The first question I have to say is, how does it feel to be the heaviest band on a lineup? Bro. <laughs> I am so glad you asked that question. Oh my God. <laughs> so we get this tour and we're like super excited. We say yes, everything. And then we had this moment afterwards where we're like, holy shit, we're going to stand out so much. Like this is going to be, it's going to be so weird. Like if you're expecting to go see, you know, Emma Rosa sing 80s pop music. Right. And then we come out fucking screaming our heads off. Like you're going to be shocked. Like, and we're first, we're headlining the show or, you know, we're, you know, we're the opener for yeah, the show. Yeah, right, right. So people, we're, we're the first thing you see. People are just going to be standing there with their, like their mouths open. Like what is going on? And I cannot wait for the challenge yes. of it because it is going to be a challenge. We're going to have to win over people. They are not coming for us. This is not a mag park show or a broadside show where like we fit right into that genre. Right. Like we are very different. And so we went, dude, it's so funny. We went through this whole thing where we like, we're like, oh, should we change the set? And we started like putting together a set that was like our poppiest set. And and then we just like had this moment. We were like, fuck that. We're going to nice. play first and forever music and do it up like we would do it anywhere. And people are going to fucking love it. And we and if they don't love it, we don't care. That's who we are as a band. And we don't care. We just want to put on our show. And so we're going to play Rippers from the start to the end. And I fucking hope when we walk off the stage, it's goddamn silent because people have no idea what just hit them. <laughs> I love that attitude. I, I love that attitude. By the way, I think personally, you should play heads or tail real or not. That's that's what oh, I bro. That should be your cover song. <laughs> bro. Yeah, it's gonna be a whole thing. So like, but it's funny, I'm so glad you asked that because like we have been talking about this like extensively and like you know, been debating it back and forth. And then we finally decided to like, fuck that. We're going to play the set. Like we are going to play, we're going to scream our heads off. We're bringing another guitarist on tour. Oh, who's cool. a fucking screamer. And he's, it's, it's, we're going to be chaos on stage. And then it's going to be like, you know, pop music for the next, you know, two hours. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I, I saw it and I was shocked, but I was also, I was also happy because we talk about this in the scene right now all the time, right? Of mixing genres, right? So Amorosa and Dangerous Summer, they're still considered, it's emo, pop, you know, it's not pop punk, but I mean, the Dangerous Summer can be for sure. But Amorosa is, like you said, they're they're 80s pop now. So it's one of those things where you're bringing in, like people know Amorosa, so they're coming to the show, but it opens up you guys to maybe not a completely different audience, but I almost guarantee you it's 90-10. Oh, no one's going to know who we are and we can't wait. Yeah, that is a that is a very, you're in like the best position in a tour like that, especially a three-band tour. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe they'll fill in local slots at, at different areas, but I, I think you're in a perfect position there to really show your stuff to a pretty much brand new audience. It, that's exactly how we're taking it, man. And it's going to be a challenge. Uh and, you know, I, I would expect that not every night we're going to come off the stage feeling like the crowd loved it. But, you know, we're going to fucking go out there and kill it every night. No, absolutely. Now, when you when you do put that set list together, 
Are you really going from the beginning of the band all the way throughout your EPs? Are there anything that you kind of stay away from? Uh, you know what? The only thing that we're... The short answer is yes. You're getting a song from every record we've ever put out. Oh, very cool. If not to, it's going to span everything. And you know what? We're not we're we're not too uh too precious to play the hits, bro. So <laughs> we're, we're just gonna play the fucking hits, man. Now, do you, do you go by Spotify with that, or do or YouTube views? How do you normally decide on how that works best for you? Uh, mostly Spotify. I mean, do you generally like the songs that we like the best mm-hmm. seem to be the ones that perform the best, oh, okay. with a few exceptions. Like there's some songs that I just feel deserved better and didn't didn't quite get it. Ah. Um, but you know, generally like. Sick Little Games is like my favorite song that we've ever done. Oh, sure. Um, you know, uh, I've got a bad feeling about this. Mm-hmm. Chicago. I mean, those are my favorites. And so we're going to go ahead and play. And, you know, we, we play those the best, too. And that's oh, the sure. other thing. You know, I still I, I think there needs to be justice for the harder we fall off the uh, oh, Till Death yeah. Part, uh EP. But, you know, you, you can't win them all. No, very, very true. But I think that's that's one of the reasons why I enjoy what music you put out as well is because every every time you put out a single, every time you put out an EP, I can always find like not not like a new favorite song that's always going to replace everything, but another couple songs or three songs or four songs or five songs where I'm like, holy shit, you can make a whole playlist out of this and I'm never skipping a track whatsoever. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. And I know I know it goes towards the writing and how great the band is and everything. I don't know. Still to this day, since you guys started, I, I don't know if there's another band that consistently has put out the same, not the same style of music. You've been adding in so many different genres. It's an amalgamation of genres for sure, but it still has that key of you. Like there's never a song that comes on that I'm like, I wonder if this is first and forever. No, I know that this is first and forever. We we, we take pride in that, man. Like we, our goal is when you hear a first and forever song, you know exactly what it is. So yeah. we take pride in that. No, that that absolutely makes sense. So, by the way, I have to I have to get this off my chest. I was thinking about this the other day. It's really corny and really stupid, and I almost started the show with it. But I I have a first and forever joke. Are Are you I'm ready? ready? You ready for this? Okay. I'm ready. Yes. What do you get when you cross first and forever and the movie The Sandlot? First and forever. Is yes. That the answer. Yeah. There it is. Got it. Well done, buddy. I love that movie, bro. Yes. I watched that every July 4th. Yes. We watched that, me and all my friends. Fuck I love yeah. it. I got it. That is awesome. Yes, that is one of my number one summer movies. Absolutely. It's great, man. That's, that's great. I'm so I'm so glad you got that. <laughs> bro, I'm like, I'm like, you picked a good movie to do that based off of. It's one of my favorites. So I, 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 did you expect me to know that? Or were, were you thinking he's going to have no clue? No, I thought I thought what was going to happen was you were going to say, oh, I don't know. I was going to do it. And then you were going to be completely silent. And I was going to feel <laughs> like an idiot. So that worked better for me that you got it. And you were okay with it. Well, this worked out for all parties. It, it really did. I mean, not the listeners, but. In general, yeah, yes. no, no. The, the, this is what they call bad radio in the business. <laughs> yeah, and I am so used to doing it for so long. But I gotta tell you, man, it's it's been. Oh man, I can't tell you how much I miss this. Like yesterday, I was doing some practice runs, which is weird because I I don't normally do that. But I'm sitting behind my system. Soon, I'm gonna be moving to a new place. So I'm gonna be building uh, a new studio and stuff. And great with losing my voice and not being able to schedule things and not being able to do much. 
it, it really like there was a part of me that felt like I was I was missing out on something that I was so used to doing. So to be back behind a mic again feels so comforting and I feel so much more confident with what I need to do. And I really enjoy that. I'm sure I, I'm guessing it's very similar to, with you when you're when you're singing constantly. I mean, it's nice to take a break for sure. Get your life together, take a, a relaxation, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it's got to be great to be back sometimes. Oh, man, it's the best. <laughs> it's the I love taking the break and then I love doing the stuff. I, I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, man. It, it's just it's really good. Well, let me add. I mean, look, this time has flown by. We're we're almost at an hour already. Uh, was there was there anything that I missed that you wanted to go over? Did you want to talk a little bit about if we go down? How I mean, obviously, we talked about singles and releases and stuff like that. But there, was there anything that you wanted specifically to talk about that we didn't get a chance to? No, I would just say come out to the shows. Oh yeah, come say hi. I, don't be shy. I love talking to everyone. Yes. Um, and you know, we got some fun things on the horizon. Please come to the Halloween Havoc tour. Ha- Havoc. 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 <laughs> Havoc tour. That's fantastic. Uh, and we can't we can't wait to see you there. And uh, you know, if you like first and forever music, I promise you'll like the live show. Oh so yeah. Let's we'll leave it with that. And I can I can certainly speak to that as well. So I wanted to make sure that everyone knows. Go listen to everything First and Forever has, Spotify, Apple Music, everything. I will have links in the description of the episode to make sure that that is very easy for everybody. Uh, I have never heard a bad song from First and Forever. Uh, I think people know that from all the years since I've been talking about them. So you also have merch, by the way, as well, correct? We talked about that a little bit. Yes, sir. You can find it on our Instagram, uh, just, just merch dot com or whatever it is oh yeah yeah and more importantly come to a show and buy it there yes yes that is that is the way to be so once again halloween havoc starts in end of september yeah i believe tickets are on sale now you will definitely see me at the austin show there shouldn't be a doubt about that uh so i i should be there for sure and then i think i think we're good we're gonna talk a little bit off air but alex you have any final words for everybody or anything i love y'all come to a show come say hi (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for coming. And thank you for listening. And, and make sure you keep listening to Ian's shows because he, he's the man. Thank you very much, buddy. All right, everyone. We will see you next time. Alex, first and forever. Thank you so much for taking the time, buddy. Thank you. See you guys.